In the market for investment-worthy bags, watches, and fine jewelry, Rebag is the answer. Rebag is a luxury resale platform where each piece is carefully inspected by experts to ensure quality and authenticity. Use Rebag to buy and sell finds from the world's top brands, including Louis Vuitton, Chanel, and Cartier. Head to Rebag.com and get up to 15% off your first purchase as a member with code REBAGNEW. Shop today at Rebag.com. That's R-E-B-A-G.com. And use promo code REBAGNEW for up to 15% off your first purchase as a member. Betches Media presents... A lot of them aren't even... Even pretending to be in charge. Slow the testing down. Remove him from office. No justice, no peace. Cast a vote that will make you proud. The Betches Sup Podcast. With all due respect, that's a bunch of malarkey. Hello and welcome to the Betches Sup Podcast. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbine. And the Betches Sup Podcast is your daily rundown of all the crazy shit that's going on in the news. Brought to you by your two funniest friends. Which is us. Today we're talking about secret police, Judge Esther Salas's son, and sexual misconduct allegations against Tucker Carlson and other Fox News hosts. I'm shocked. Can you believe it? <laughs> uh, Sammy, how are you? I am as well as one can be. How are you? You've been away. I've been away. I am now on a state-sanctioned quarantine back in New York. Uh, I was just telling you before we recorded that uh, I, getting off my flight, I had to sign like a huge document that was like, you're not sick, you've never been sick, <laughs> and you live here. Why are you coming here? You better live here. <laughs> wow. I it, mean- was, it was intense, but I was also like, I mean, good. This, I'm glad someone's asking me these questions. Yeah, I mean, I'm glad, and I'm also like, what the fuck? Like, let's never forget how abnormal and like, fuck this all is. <laughs> like, to yeah. come from Texas to your home state, you need to like sign release documents and now be confined to your home for 14, two weeks. Yes, and what two I will say is about month, entering Texas. Year. They do not ask you any questions to enter Texas. You can enter Texas as of right now. No questions asked. They don't say shit to you. Except on the Mexican border. Of course, not there. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, that's a different That's a different reason. But, um, yeah, it was interesting. Uh, I will definitely say – I mean, I was just at my parents' house the whole time. I didn't really go out into the world given the situation that's going on down there. Uh, and then I'm I'm going to get tested in like two days or so. But I will say that the mask wearing rate that I witnessed, I would say not great. I would say haphazard. I would say that maybe I did see a man uh, drink from a public water fountain. So. Wow. <laughs> and who said that we don't break news here? <laughs> I did. I saw a man in Texas drink from a public water fountain. My jaw was on the floor. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, it's that is that is not hopeful. I okay. saw him approaching it, and I was like, and also I should say this is like a young millennial, like white dude, privileged. If I got Corona. Here. I got Corona. Exactly. Like that was the attitude that he exuded. And I was, we were driving. I was with my parents in the car, and I saw him running up to the water fountain, and I said, surely, surely not. (laughs) Surely not in this year of our Lord 2020 is this man going to drink from the water fountain. And then he did. And then he ran off. 
You know, I wish there was a way. It would be great if there were some sort of system for contact tracing to see if that man ended up becoming a, a super spreader. <laughs> a super spreader. Or just even having corona. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, it was very interesting to witness because obviously I've been in New York this entire time, have not left. And so to just see like a place where the culture is so different was interesting, but then also I had to be the person who seemed crazy and who has their mask on all the time and is like covering their hands in hand sanitizer and all that stuff. But well, I'm better not trying crazy to spread COVID. Ventilator. Exactly. That's, That's exactly my, my attitude. <laughs> better yeah. crazy than on a ventilator. Yeah. Okay. So let's get into it. Yesterday, Donald Trump both defended the presence of secret police in Oregon. I'm going to start saying it the the right way before saying that he's looking at doing the same in cities all run by very little liberal Democrats, all run really by the radical left. Um, The president said that this situation in Portland is worse than Afghanistan. Me thinks not. And said that if Joe Biden were to be elected, it would be like that around the country. Have you noticed that the, the main, uh, the message on the right now is like, what will happen? Like, if you elect Joe Biden, it will be a dumpster fire. But it's like, you are showing images of Trump's America when yeah. you say that. Also, their, their, their other line is like, all our work on the judges, all our work on Israel, all our work on the taxes gone if you elect Joe it's all gone that's like the line now yeah so just it's very interesting it seems like Trump definitely has decided that trying to scare people about defund the police rhetoric is a winner for him whether it is or not I don't know his approval rating looks pretty bad but (laughs) but hey it's never been great (laughs) yeah um, But yeah, that seems like, because in the Chris Wallace interview and stuff, he was saying like, Joe Biden wants to get rid of the police. I've got a friend who's visiting parents down in North Carolina right now. And apparently he's running an ad. I I texted you about this, Sammy, but he's running an ad that is a 911 call of someone reporting a sexual assault. And then the operator is like, thank you. We'll be back to you about your complaint in five days. And they're like, this is what Joe Biden wants, which is like, I mean, so so crazy. crazy. Also, that's what happens if you try to report a race. Like, like, have you heard about the test kickback backlog? Like, that's actually already happening. Yeah. Longer than five days. Yeah, it's way, it's actually way longer than five years. <laughs> Since when does Trump care about rape victims? Like, really? I Re- mean, th- yeah, there's just a lot to unpack in that one advertisement. Yeah. Okay. But but back to the uh, impending fascism. Yes. Um, basically, um, Homeland, the Department of Homeland Security has confirmed that they're pre- preparing to send agents to Chicago. Um, as well as uh, New York and Philadelphia, possibly. Um, but as of now, Chicago is the only city where preparations are currently being like actively developed. Um, they're not completely finalized yet, but both HSI and ICE have said that the deployment is confirmed. So like this is, as of now, happening. Um, they, they claim that the goal of their presence in the city is to assist federal law enforcement agents and local police in fighting crime. 
um, specifically against like federal buildings so they don't get like graffitied or something. Um, but this in combination with what you mentioned in the Chris Walls interview where Trump refused to say whether he'd accept the results of the election should he lose and him targeting Democrats running these cities. Um, a lot of people are saying this, a lot of people are saying, you know, <laughs> uh, this could be like kind of a test run for sending federal agents to polling locations or refusing to leave, to leave the White House. And I do want to point out that Betsy DeVos's brother, oh, fuck it, I just can't believe I, I just like triggered myself by mentioning the name. Okay, <laughs> Betsy DeVos's brother is, um, is this guy named Eric Prince who essentially runs like a mercenary business where they like deploy extra legal troops to like wherever you pay them to go. Essentially. Um, it's kind of like a military for hire. So awesome. brother. that's really and cool. Betsy the boss has survived this administration for all the people who have gone only the most loyal, corrupt cronies remain. So that tells you everything that you should know. You the should. less qualified you are and the less, like, you honor and value the position that you're in, the more likely you are to remain in the Trump administration. And In fact, if, it's, if you even have, like, small degrees of the opposite, like John Bolton, let's say. Yeah. You're out. Like, you're out. You have to be bereft. Yeah, values and ethics to stay there. Like you, right? have, you have to have zero, right? And John Bolton is so close to zero. Like, like, right, like, right, truly, right. like, microscope is out trying to find his ethics, but they are there in the tiniest sense, and that's and that's it's like why you have a very sensitive sensor. It picks up on like a tiny bit of John Bolton's ethics. He still will try to cash out on the experience by writing a book, mm-hmm. but yes, he didn't remain so. <laughs> Just- Even Omarosa was <laughs> too ethical to still be in the Trump administration. Wow. I mean, I'll just say it right now. Kirsten Nielsen. Kirsten. Put kids in cages. I forgot That's about Kirsten. Not unethical enough. I forgot about Kirsten. Kirsten. Um, I refuse to say it's Kirsten. Uh, this news is probably some of the most alarming that I've seen. This combined with him, the the Chris Wallace interview, not only just refusing to accept, saying like, I won't accept the results of the election, but already he he rolled out what he's going to say because Chris Wallace asks him like, will you accept the results? And he's like, I think mail-in ballots are a fraud. So he's already got it in his head to do that. Yeah, I mean, of course. He's not unpredictable. Like, no. Quite predictable. They're also trying to, like, defund the uh, post office, especially in, like, rural areas, so that, or just decrease the number of post offices. Like, they want to close a bunch of them so that, you know, yeah. for the obvious reasons. Yeah, and here's one thing that I keep hearing is, like, well, the USPS sucks anyway. And I'm like, USPS sucks because they are not funded. Because and they're, they're not for profit. Yes. First of all, I've seen people be online and they're like, USPS isn't profitable. And I'm like, it's not supposed to be profitable. It's a government agency that's supposed to deliver the mail. It actually is not. It doesn't need to be profitable. Also, like, USPS, I'll be honest, like, it's not, like, much less reliable than, like, has anyone never had a problem with FedEx? Like, what about an airline? Is USPS worse than every single airline? Okay, fine. Maybe Delta and JetBlue are good. But, like, the rest of them. (laughs) Yeah, about to be like, uh, JetBlue is actually really (laughs) A JetBlue stand over here. But (laughs) it's 
But okay, put it this way. The post office is better than fucking Monsanto and all these meat companies that are killing people. Yeah, they get they get way more. The post office has to be like it has to make its own revenue with stamps, which is crazy. I mean, Republicans are have- heroes. Through rain or shine, they deliver the mail. And and Republicans have been trying to make the post office not functional by defunding it and creating crazy rules and regulations around it so that all of us will be like, oh, we should use USPS and FedEx anyway because it's better. And then we don't realize that, like, okay, well, USPS. USPS and FedEx or UPS and FedEx don't have to deliver to a rural neighborhood if they don't want to. Right. They also are making profits off of it, meaning, like, they can keep raising prices if they leave you with no other option. And also those people then donate to Republican campaigns, which is what, which is the real reason why Republicans want to defund the post office. Yeah. Anyway, this was an unexpected, this took an unexpected turn. I know. I didn't realize we were going to get into post office stuff today, but it's all connected people. It's all connected. <laughs> Hey, American Fever Dream listeners, I'm here to tell you that there is no reason to panic the next time you're searching for the perfect gift. Because now you can use Gift Mode on Etsy. Gift Mode on Etsy is here to take the stress out of gifting so you can find the perfect item for anyone for any occasion. And it's easy. You just tap or click Gift Mode in your Etsy app or Etsy.com and then answer a few questions about who you're shopping for and what they like. And Gift Mode instantly gives you a curated gift idea list based on hundreds of personas. Now it is simple to find gifts made by independent sellers for all the people in your life. So whether you need a Mother's Day gift for the quilter or a birthday present for the vintage hunter, there is something for everyone on Etsy. Some of my favorite things to do are go to Etsy gift mode and then search absurd things like what kind of gifts do you have with Walter Cronkite on them? What kind of gifts do you have for dachshund owners? There's jewelry, ceramic, toys, board games, all kinds of fun stuff. A gifting moment is always right around the corner, whether it's a birthday, an anniversary, a holiday, or even just a day to say thank you. Gift mode on Etsy has you covered. Need to find the perfect gift? Don't panic. Try gift mode on Etsy now. Today's episode of American Fever Dream is brought to you by Newly. Have you ever felt that fast fashion ick, but can't always afford the super high-end stuff? I have a solution for you. It's Newly. Newly has everything you need to bring your closet up to speed for the season without breaking the bank. Free your closet of impulse purchases and skip the buyer's remorse by renting instead. Newly is a subscription rental service, and for just $98 a month, you get your choice of any six styles. They also have inclusive sizing up to 5X, as well as petite and maternity. You get fast, free shipping and returns and professional cleaning and newly state-of-the-art laundering facility. No laundry for you to worry about. This is the best. You just put it back in your box, send it out, and before you know it, you've got your next one. And you always have the option to buy what you love for sometimes up to 75% off. I bought the Rachel Antonoff pasta puffer from them. I was obsessed with it, like everybody who tries it is, and it was completely sold out everywhere else. So I felt like I really, really had an in there. So thank you, Newly. Newly is an amazing value at $98 a month for any six styles. And right now you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code FeverDream20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com. That's newly with two U's and enter the code FeverDream20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, newly with two U's with code FeverDream20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. All right. Should we get into our next story? Uh, on Sunday, U.S. District Judge Esther Salas' son, Daniel Anderl, and husband, Mark Anderl, 
were shot after Daniel opened the door to someone who was pretending to be a FedEx delivery man. See, <laughs> see it's all related. We planned to bring it up. Okay. Judge Salas herself was unharmed, but Daniel, her son, was killed, and Mark, her husband, was also shot and is now in stable condition, but it was looking really bad for a little while. Um, while nothing about the perpetrator has been confirmed, the FBI says that the primary suspect is attorney Den Hollander, who has since uh, died by suicide since the attack. So here's the thing about Hollander also. Hollander is a self-proclaimed anti-feminist lawyer uh, who had a case in front of Salas at the time of the shooting. His website was like, I defend men's rights against anti-feminist da-da-da cuckoo. And um, another little interesting tidbit is that Judge Salas had also recently taken on a case related to Jeffrey Epstein's finances and Deutsche Bank which has prompted conspiracy theories. There probably isn't a connection between the two things, but... You don't think? I don't know. I mean, I think that... See, my, I think that it's probably because he was... Uh, he had a case in front of her. But um, unless we find out that he's related to Epstein, I think it might just be a coincidence. I feel this... The, the, the energy frequency I'm getting on this story... <laughs> Is Lee Harvey Oswald. Ah, uh, like he's a patsy. Like, yeah, a patsy. A patsy. Who, a patsy. <laughs> <laughs> I do love calling someone a patsy. Yeah, a patsy. <laughs> and anyone who, uh, sure, like anyone who's familiar with like why I'm making that connection because they are well read on the JFK conspiracy, let me know if you agree with that. I don't really have like, I don't feel like a strong opinion on it, but something to me feels like a little random. It's interesting. A little, little, yeah. There's definitely something they're not telling us. And it's not that there's a colonial woman on the way. (laughs) Um, Speaking of JFK, I did, uh, I did drive by the, the book depository building and all of that stuff in Dallas when my dad gave, me a driving tour of Dallas. How was the knoll? The knoll's a knoll, baby. It's it's there. <laughs> it's grassy. Uh, <laughs> they That's have an they have an X on the street where the shot actually took. They have like X's on the street where both shots took place, which is a little morbid. The, in, the interesting thing is, there's a place we have to maintain our history. I yeah, it feels I like I I saw it and I was like, I mean, I guess i do want to know this information but also it feels so strange um and then there's a plaque on the book depository building where oswald shot that um you can there's like a whole history of the building but at the end it's like this building became famous because it is where lee harvey oswald allegedly shot john f kennedy and the allegedly is like clearly added later and you can see that it was like hammered into the sign and like other protesters have like circled the allegedly and stuff wow you know what is a book depository that's always been one of the biggest mysteries of the assassination (laughs) what is a book depository like a library nor a bookstore 
So why can you just get in there with a gun and chill out? Like who works there? What's what's the purpose? Well, I'm sure many people have looked into that information. (laughs) Yeah, I just always took it for granted. Um, But anyway, I mean, I feel like my main takeaway from this case and this judge is just, again, the like the connection between misogyny and violence that has happened. You know, we see a lot of these mass shooters have had domestic violence complaints against them, other violence against women that they've perpetrated. This guy makes his whole thing um, being anti-feminist, men's rights, all of this stuff. And it's like, that's actually not a harmless ideology. And now he's shown up at a judge's house and killed her son and shot and like almost fatally wounded her husband. That's why he makes a great patsy because like you took it on that. Even if it is because of Epstein, that's also a misogyny problem. Yes. So, you know, whatever right, direction it's like, why are, you want to take it. Why are we defending Epstein? Yeah. Uh, let's take another misogyny story. We are <laughs> really well. Yeah, today. we're flowing. The stories are just one wave to another. Okay. Before we get into this next story, um, we want to include a trigger warning because we discuss sexual assault in the story. So here's a story that I would hardly consider news, but mm-hmm. yet, um, confirmation of what we probably already thought was going on and was actually the subject of an Oscar nominated film just last year. So as well as a series on Showtime. Yeah, so, like, okay. Um, two former Fox News personalities have come forward and filed the federal lawsuit against Tucker Carlson, Sean Hannity, Howard Kurtz, Gianno Caldwell, and Ed Henry for sexual misconduct. The allegations against Ed Henry date back to 2017 and involve sexual assault and threats of punishment and retaliation if Eckhart, um, one of the victims who came forward, was not to comply with his request. The evidence showed specific instances of harassment and assault by Henry, where yeah. Henry said, like, if you know she didn't accept his advances, advances then she would suffer consequences. Yes. Um, and I believe that Eckhart also says that he raped her, which is the most serious allegation that's in all of this, which yeah. is pretty intense, obviously, very upsetting information. Another element is that in the same complaint, a victim named Kathy Arayu lists allegations of harassment by other prominent hosts at the network, specifically. Um, Tucker Carlson. She basically says that she rejected his advances and he retaliated by featuring her on his show less frequently. She also alleges that he had made advances while she was on air and while she was mic'd. So she wasn't really able to like react to the fact that he was, that he was doing something. Um, She also alleges that Hannity once put $100 out on his set desk and tried to force employees to take Arayu on a date while she was strapped into her studio equipment. After this, she went from being a regular on Hannity to not being featured at all, which is a clear sign of retaliation. Um, and her allegations against Kurtz and Caldwell t- tell the same story of retaliation as well. Um, of course, they rejected all the allegations, aside from those directed at Ed Henry, um, who was fired from the network at the end of last month. Yeah, also, I mean... Like Ed Henry, like, who are you? Like, the main people are Hannity, Carlson, the Fox and Friends fools, and then, you know, Judge Janine. Exactly. It's like, okay, well, first of all, obviously the 
allegations against Henry are extremely intense, but also he's not, he's not one of their big guys. Like it'll, I mean, it took so much for, uh, what's his name? Oh, Bill O'Reilly. Thank God. (laughs) Honestly, what a nice moment to forget that man's name. Yeah. Almost. I almost erased him from my memory and that was beautiful, but it took so much to get him out. I mean, obviously the movie bombshell just came out. Like there's a culture of harassment, misogyny, etc. from the top down. The whole company was built on it. Roger Ailes. That was literally how he conducted his business. This is not surprising. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, that's where you worked if you wanted to get away with this. Um, although I guess you could in theory work at like NBC too. Um, Mm, well, yeah, (laughs) yeah. The other, the other networks aren't, uh, aren't perfect on this issue either. Yes. Here's the thing. It was obviously rampant. Um, but especially so at Fox news where like, it's also part of their stated ideology, um, on the network. Right. And like they build up these like conservative white male personalities and make them like gods on this network. Like Tucker Carlson, enormous amounts of people are watching Tucker Carlson on a daily basis, which is upsetting, but true. And so he, and, and the network falls at his feet and so yeah of course he feels like he can sexually harass one of his guests while she's on air while she's on a hot mic and nothing's gonna happen to him and every time he got away with some like smaller you know i'm sure that wasn't his first attempt oh no every time he gets away with like some small act in front of people that just allows him to act with impunity as we see with you know pretty much anyone who's corrupt in this country the police yeah a guy doesn't just sexually like a person like Tucker Carlson doesn't just sexually harass one woman one time and is like, oh, got that out of my system. Like, no. he's, they're systematically sexually harassing all of these women. Right. Um, I know it's like the, how they think that you are with women. It's not even like... Yeah. yeah. And the other thing that I, I... When I was reading about the case this morning, Eckhart was like 24 years old when Ed Henry was like, committed this assault against her allegedly when he sent, I think the evidence that she has is a bunch of like demeaning text messages and like stuff where he basically threatens to retaliate against her if she doesn't have sex with him. And like, she's a 24 year old girl getting started in this business. He was almost double her age. Like it's, I mean, Again, you should watch Bombshell. It's basically what happens to the Margot Robbie character. Like, they bring a young girl in. They're like, wow, you've got a lot of star quality. You've got a lot of star power. We're going to start putting you on the air. And then as soon as she gets on the air, there's a little heat behind her. It's like, okay, but actually there's this other element of your job. And if you want to keep moving forward, you're going to have to get with the program. Yeah. And what they mean by star quality is they mean that you are a – an attractive thin blonde woman that's all they care about like they don't actually they would never look at someone like joy reed let's say who just got promoted to primetime and i'm really into it we do love that someone like her and be like oh she has star quality the way like an msnbc clearly or no would no and the the men on the network can look like a bag of potatoes but the women have to all be like 
hot blonde 24 year old like did we get her from a did we pick her up from a sorority like photo shoot type thing i mean they talk about it in bombshell again but roger ailes had a cam specifically for like a leg camera that would show off the legs of the women who were talking on air so and what they're trying to say to their audience is like you can look as shitty as us and still women like this will yeah exactly do you look like a bag of potatoes yeah. <laughs> Fear not, because here but, bags of potatoes can pal around with hot women. Yeah, they're fulfilling a fantasy for their audience. Like brown people are evil and you are hot enough to get this 24-year-old sorority. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Uh <laughs> people of color are taking your jobs and also 20-year-old women want to be around you. Yeah. <laughs> you. <laughs> Which is false. Right. That's the Fox News promise. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I really hope that this lawsuit is successful in at least bringing to light even more about the culture. I mean, all that's, it's hard because you feel like all that's going to happen, like the worst that'll happen to Hannity or Tucker Carlson is that they'll go the way of Bill O'Reilly, which is that they're paid millions of dollars to leave their job. Poor them. I know. Bill Bill O'Reilly's severance was like $8 million or something. Like more than like many people. I actually think it was maybe more than that because um, I, I think maybe eight, I, I feel like $8 million actually isn't a lot of money when you're talking about these people. It just seems like it was $25 million. I just, I thought it was in the twenties, but yeah. See, I, once, once we get up to the millions, I'm like $8 million is a lot of money. Right. And it's like, no, that's not three times that <laughs> it's literally nothing. <laughs> No, it's not nothing. Like, I'd be really happy if I had $8 million. Oh, I would. I would. Someone give me $8 million, please. I think in Kanye's whatever the rally thing that happened, he said that he thinks he said that he thinks abortion should be legal, but that every person who has a baby should get $1 million. And I was like, okay. I mean, I'm not listening anymore, and I think that it's sad what's happening, and he should get help, but yeah, I'm down to give everyone who has a baby $1 million. Same. I mean, can we afford that? Who cares? They don't care. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Are they going to give us another $1,200? We don't know. Does Donald Trump get to put his signature on it? I know. We should tell him he gets, like, you can sign it again. You can sign the check again. Yeah. All right. This has been fun. Everyone yeah. follow the Betches Sub email at betches.co slash sub sign up. Elise mm-hmm. writes it. It is hilarious. Also follow her. She's like 200 followers away from 10K. Happy Thank you. Yeah. I need a swipe up. I know it's heartbreaking. So I need this goddamn swipe up. Doing so. Like, how can you not follow this girl? Just fucking Thank you. Thank you. Um, and until uh, the return of democracy. I'm Elise Morales. I'm Sammy Fishbein. And this is the Betches Sup Podcast. The Betches Sup Podcast is produced by Sean Kilby and Amanda Duberman. Our podcast managers are Mike Coscarelli and Sean Kilby. Social media by Amanda Duberman. Artwork by Brittany Levine. Be sure to follow us at Betches underscore Sup on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. And send your emails to sup at Betches.com. Betches.